All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. It is time once again by the bushel. And uh, it's a special episode because we've got Barry Bean in studio with us. How are you doing today, Barry? Well, I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. This is the uh, the first time I've actually been um, here in the KFVS studio since about 1974 or 1975. So uh, yeah. this is a, it's kind of exciting to see where, where all the magic happens instead of doing our usual... Uh, a teleconnection. So sure. uh, this, is, this is nice. For sure. We're glad to have you here. It's uh, it's uh, great to have our guests in studio be a part of uh, a part of all of uh, that we're, we're trying to do here at the digital uh, desk. And uh, we've also got a guest with us um, from the Fisher Delta or Delta Fisher. Am I getting Fisher that back? Delta. Fish, Fisher Delta. Uh, Fisher Delta Research Center. Um, and that is uh, Justin Calhoun and he is an associate professor down there and we're going to bring him up really quick and uh there he is how yeah justin how are you today i'm doing pretty good how are you guys doing fine doing fine yeah um i know that we usually start off then with the numbers uh, a look at where we are in the commodities markets everything like that um yeah can you take us through that sure sure it's a uh, it was it was a good day on on the market today um our our December cotton, which is also our current crop, in case you're still sitting on a few bales, closed. Uh, it was up 12 points at 82.01, or excuse me, at 82.25. And uh, December cotton, our new crop cotton, was up eight points at 78.13, still a little lower than uh, most folks are looking at to uh, contract cotton. On the uh, on the corn, corn was up 28 and a half cents at 534 and a half. Soybeans were up 17 and a quarter at 13.95 and a quarter. Uh, rice was up 21 and a half at uh, 15.65 and a half, and uh, wheat was up 16 and three quarters at 6.90 and a half. A uh, couple of things going on. The uh, the biggest thing going on right now is that uh, the the dollar is uh, is off today, and so obviously all of these are crops that we are exporting to uh, to one extent or another. And that's making these crops a little easier to buy in the world. Also, as we move further into the year, um, a lot of countries in the northern hemisphere are beginning to burn through their uh, their stocks. So, uh, so they're starting to look to us as a residual supplier, and we are seeing a little more demand for the U.S. commodities. Um, another couple of things that are in the background. One that's actually a little bit bearish is that the uh, Fed is expected to uh, hike rates very soon. So we could see another uh, another wave of uh, of pressure coming from uh, from interest, and as a matter of fact, um, in the most recent um, poll of economists and looking at various indexes for how likely the Fed is to raise rates, they were putting it at a 97 percent likelihood that the Fed is expected to raise rates. So. Uh, you know, now, if you were looking for the Fed to hold rates, um, I have to assume that you were probably also still holding out hope that the Cardinals are going to win the World Series this year. So there, it's not impossible, but uh, <laughs> the, the odds are pretty good that we're going to be seeing, uh, seeing increased interest rates in the near future. Um, we're also seeing a, another sign that's a little bit bearish because of just how many consumers there are as well as direct sales. We're seeing the uh, Chinese economy slow down. And uh, their, their GDP is not meeting targets. So uh, their recovery is going slower. They've, they've got some, some problems uh, within China economically and uh, politically. So, uh, so we're seeing some foot dragging there. And that's, of course, not, not ramping up uh, U.S. 
purchases. Now, the flip side of that is we are seeing the uh, Chinese return to some of the practices that they were engaged in back in 2008, 9, 10, and 11. And uh, certainly all of us in cotton um, have those years uh, etched um, indelibly in our, in our minds when the Chinese stockpiles ran cotton up to the highest price on record. Uh, we're hopeful that that doesn't happen because once cotton topped out at $2.12, of course, it collapsed in the following couple of years, wiped out a significant portion of the cotton industry, and we're all still feeling the ripple effect there. So, uh, so actually, slow Chinese growth is not necessarily a bad thing, but in the short run, it does put some pressure on our prices. Um, we're also seeing some, some, some support, um, in particular on cotton. Um, the cotton crop continues to uh, slide a little bit. It, it's, it wouldn't really be fair to say that the U.S. crop is in trouble, but the uh, Texas crop is certainly not as rosy as it was last week or the week before. Uh, the Chinese crop is absolutely in trouble, and we are also hearing about uh, some problems in uh, in China, in Pakistan, rather, with the uh, Pakistani crop. Um, in the U.S. and looking at U.S. futures, of course, we always focus very, very heavily on Texas, and uh, Texas in the next week, um, it's supposed to get hot and then get hotter um, after that. So, uh, looking at looking at the winds that they have on the high plains. Um, very limited moisture and temperatures uh, between 100 and 110 degrees uh, most every day in the forecast for the next 10 days. So that's going to apply a lot of pressure to a young crop. Not enough to kill it, but enough to uh, to, to raise raise a few uh, eyebrows about some of the yield estimates that have been uh, have been laid in for Texas. Um, another thing going on. This is interesting. Uh, yesterday. The, uh, the agreement that was worked out last July to keep a corridor open there in the Black Sea for Ukrainian commodities uh, was closed. The Russians said that the, uh, the one-year agreement had, uh, had reached the end, and uh, two things happened to, uh, to cause them to, uh, to decide they did not want to extend the agreement for another year. Uh, for one thing, they have been asking for some banking concessions and some concessions on uh, sanctions that are keeping them from selling fertilizer um, outside Russia and outside rail corridors. Uh, so uh, they have said in re retaliation they are not going to extend this agreement. Also, um, and now there's no confirmation that these were in fact uh, Ukrainian drones or whether they were uh, ships, um, but the um, two boats did explode under the uh, Kerch Strait Bridge yesterday, which is one of the primary connections between the uh, Russian mainland and Crimea, which is where most of the supplies for Russian troops in Ukraine is, uh, are passing through. So this does create a major problem for the Russian military and for their, uh, for their uh, process in the uh, war against Ukraine. So given, given all of that, they weren't in much of a dealing mood uh, yesterday or in much of a mood to extend that agreement. So we'll likely see some uh, bullish pressure on uh, wheat prices for a little bit and to a lesser extent to, uh, to corn and soybeans as well. So uh, just in a nutshell, that's the news. Uh, also, one other thing, you know, we've been, we've been talking about I&I &I on this show with every market report for most of the last, uh, uh, well, you know, two years at least, uh, sure. maybe three. And, um, and there has been some news there that there's a lot, a lot of reports that, um, that the inflation rate has dropped to 3%, mm -hmm. which uh, on the face of it sounds, uh, sounds bullish, 
but it's worth uh, remembering where inflation has been for the past two years with uh, you know, grocery prices in many, uh, in many instances rising about 9% last year, about 14% the year before. So we're still seeing 3% inflation on top of those prices. So uh, it's like when your favorite store uh, raises their prices all through November and then announces for Christmas that, uh, that the prices that went up 20% are going to be 5% off for Christmas. So uh, this is good news, but it's going to take a little while for that to actually filter into uh, consumer pocketbooks because we are not seeing the same sort of uh, increase in wages. So that will continue to be pressure, uh, in particular on commodities like beef and cotton that are subject to more uh, discretionary spending by uh, consumers. So in a nutshell, that's, uh, that's kind of the uh, news background there. But, um, you know, the big news today being that, that the dollar is off, so, uh, so we're selling a lot of commodities. And um, on the other hand, where prices are, I know that my cotton customers can uh, probably spend another week uh, fishing and watching the Tour de France because um, cotton is still about seven cents cheaper than they, than they want to see to, uh, to sell any cotton. Sure. But, um, of course, we do have someone who is far more qualified than, uh, than me to talk on ag topics. Um, you know, there, there, is, <laughs> there is at least one well-known Ph.D. Uh, here on, on your screen who is uh, part of the uh, Delta Center Brain Trust, as I like to, uh, to refer to them. And... Um, and, and Justin, I know you and I were at a meeting just yesterday, and, and I heard the, uh, the university officials and, uh, and, the, and the superintendent, uh, Aaron Brandt, of the uh, Delta Center brag on the plans for the uh, new and expanded field day, um, and I, I saw an awful lot of the credit head your way, so uh, can you tell us a little bit about what's, uh, what's coming up the, uh, in, the last week of, uh, in the last week of August down there in Portageville? Yeah, I'd love to. And I want to say real quick, um, you can point all the credit to me if, if this field day is successful, but uh, <laughs> if it goes off and no one's happy, we'll, we'll transfer credit somewhere else. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so our farmers have, have, uh, have talked and they have uh, shared with us their feedback from previous field days, and uh, we've listened. And so uh, this year we're, we're going to um, take two days, the last two days of August, August 30th and the 31st, and uh, we're going to have the Delta Days or, or the Field Day at the Fisher Delta Research Education and Extension Center. And um, it's going to be a, a, a unique event. Uh, we think we've structured an event that is unlike any field day that uh, any of us as professors have ever participated in in any of the universities that we've uh, been associated with in the past. And so uh, it's going to be a two-day event. The first day is going to be very grower and consultant focused um, where we're going to have uh, field days that are in what we're calling an expo. Um, so kind of our vision was, uh, you know, we, we uh, partake and we participate in different uh, expos or shows during the, the winter months at different uh, arenas or conference centers uh, where all these different vendors are set up and um, and showcase the things that they have to offer to the agriculture community. And, and in particular, I'm thinking of something like the Gin Show uh, every year down in Memphis. Um, and so what we kind of got together as, as the faculty here at the, at the Fisher Delta Center, we, we got together and started and started to, uh, to brainstorm about how we could bring something like that to the field. And so we think we've done that. Um, so starting on, on the first day, August 30th, on the, uh, on the Thursday, oh no, 
uh, pardon me, on Wednesday. Uh, we will be having an expo where uh, all of us, uh, uh, your rice agronomist, Dr. Justin Klepechka, your crop protection specialist, Dr. Chase Floyd, um, your cotton agronomist, Dr. Bradley Wilson, uh, and, and myself, will be set up in the field, and we'll be showcasing a lot of the research and work that we've been doing over the past year. Um, we're also going to have present with us uh, some of our industry cooperators uh, that has partnered with us this year uh, doing research in the field. And so they'll be able to be out there. They're going to showcase some of their products. And we know that a lot of our farmers and consultants already have relationships with, with our industry partners. And so they'll be glad to see them there and get updates from them as well. And so this event is going to be kind of a, a go-at-your-own-pace event, uh, whereas in the past you would get on a trailer and you would ride through um, the, the field day and listen to all the different talks and, and kind of go at the pace of, of the different talks um, if this year you want to go and you want to spend the entire morning uh, discussing cotton, then you go, you get off at the cotton stop, you walk through the fields, uh, actually getting up close and personal with some of the research that we're talking about uh, with, with Dr. Wilson, with myself, uh, with Dr. Floyd, or, or with any of the industry partners that are there, and you spend your time uh, talking about cotton. And if you want to stay there all morning, you can stay there all morning and leave at lunch or if you would prefer to just stay there for a few minutes, talk cotton, and then hop on the uh, the, the taxi-type service we're going to have. Uh, we're just going to be running different routes that will go between each stop. And if you want to hop on and go to Beans next and talk about soybean, uh, you can go there. So it's a move at your own pace. It's an up-close-and-personal uh, opportunity to see what we're doing in the field. Uh, I know we're going to be talking about uh, soybeans. Uh, we're going to be talking about cotton. Uh, I'll be talking about peanuts. A lot of rice talks happening. Um, we'll probably be talking a little bit about corn if, if the opportunity arises. Uh, we're also going to have um, uh, a, a good friend of ours who has his own uh, drone custom application service where he's using um, uh, unmanned vehicles, you know, unmanned drones to apply um, different crop protection products to, to different specialty crops and to, to row crops. And so he'll be there putting on a demonstration uh, for everybody that's interested um, with with custom spray drones. So it's going to be a big day. Um, that would definitely be a day you don't want to miss. Uh, we begin at 7.30 in the morning and we go to lunch. There'll be a, a pack-out lunch. So for those guys that, that come, enjoy the day, and then uh, want to get back to the farm and, and maybe hop on a combine and start to, to uh, shut corn or, or to cut beans, they can go and, and do that. Um, then Friday, uh, we will have uh, our more official field day uh, where we have the breakfast like we do every year. And then we'll be doing a short tour afterwards where uh, everyone will just stay on the trailers. We'll be on the trailers with you going through the field, kind of explaining as we go by uh, what we're doing in this particular area. Maybe stop a few times and, and show off a few things. But uh, it'll be a much more brief and um, official type field tour on, on Thursday, the, the 31st. Now, you know, you, you mentioned the, uh, the peanut program. Now, this is a, this is a mm -hmm. fairly new crop there at the Delta Center, is it not? It, it is, yes. Uh, in fact, you know, I shared with the advisory board the other day, you were there, uh, Barry. Uh, last year was actually the first ever peanut crop the University of Missouri took from planting all the way to harvest. Uh, that is uh, something that my program is responsible for as part of the Soil and Cropping Systems Program. Um, I, I do have uh, experience with peanuts uh, from Mississippi State when I was doing my, my Ph.D. dissertation there. And so uh, being hired on here at the Fisher Delta Center um, in my interview process, I know that was something that a lot of our growers were excited about, that someone was coming in with some peanut experience and could do work in it. 
Um, last year was, uh, man, it was a trial and error year. Uh, not ever having any equipment here that was able to, to go through peanut harvest. Uh, so we had to, to come in. I had to find equipment. Um, if you know anything about research, we use small equipment, so two-row equipment. That's not very common. So I had to, to find some two-row equipment sitting in the, in the tree line somewhere, um, kind of get it rebuilt, refurbished, and, and able to harvest peanuts. So we were successful in that last year. Uh, we've probably doubled our peanut acres here on the Delta Center for this year. So uh, a much larger program, that, that particular crop takes up about probably 30% of the research that I do. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty impressive. Now, how many acres of peanuts do we have in, in Missouri? Um, so we don't have an official number. It's not a crop that the USDA is tracking um, in terms of our total planted acres right now. If they are, I'm not aware of it. Um, so uh, I usually have to kind of give a, a, a rough guess. Um, we're probably, I'm going to guess, somewhere around eight to 12,000 acres. Um, last year, there were rumors of us being as high as 20,000. I don't think we ever got there. I sure don't think we got there this year. Um, but and that may sound low, especially when you compare it to, to other uh, peanut growing regions of the country like Georgia or Florida or um, the Virginia uh, area. Uh, but you got to remember that the peanut production is predominantly in mm, probably three counties in the state of Missouri. And so to have, you know, eight to 12,000 of peanuts and uh, and that's a growing emerging crop, that's something that, that's not going to go away um, it, it is an interesting crop to work with and, and certainly one that we'll have um, for a while, I, I suspect. So that would be mostly, um, I guess, on the sand down at Kennet and Point South yeah. and then up on the Sykeston Ridge. Is there is there a third area that we would see a lot of peanuts? Uh, no, that, that's pretty, That's that sums up our area. There's a few um, back towards, uh, so if, you, if you're on at Sykes and you're headed towards like Dexter up there on the on the ridge there, there's a few there at the base of the ridge. But really kind of that sand ridge that runs Zenith, uh, uh, Kennett, uh, on up through, um, we have some there around Risco, Parma, and then on up into to Sykeston. Um, there's a few over Mississippi County around Bertrand and then north of Sykeston there in Blodgett. Um, so uh, it's a, it does require a sandier soil type. Um, we have a few here around Portageville too. That's a little bit off of that little streak there. Um, but it does require a sandier soil type. Um, so, you know, kind of the physiology of peanuts, um, the, the peg that actually the pod forms on starts above the ground on the plant but goes into the ground and your pod forms in the ground. And so we have to have a sandier soil type that's loose, um, that, 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 that peg is, is the physiological term for it, that peg can penetrate the soil and then the pods start to form. Then also, if you have a soil that you're growing it in, it's kind of a, a clay or soil um, that, that may hold um, soil particles to that pod. So when you dig, uh, you'll, you'll have um, some foreign matter in with your, your sample, or oftentimes what you'll see is it'll actually pull the pod from the vine. The, the pod will stay in the ground when you dig them, and the, uh, the vine will, will break free. So we have to, dig, we have to plant them in, in soil or uh, sandier soil types. Well, so so out there around around Hayward, how do your how do your yields uh, compare at the Delta Center, uh, or, or are you growing over over at the uh, Clarkton Farm? Where where are your peanuts? Uh, I've got them in both locations, uh, and and that's something that that uh, we'll be excited this year to be able to showcase a little bit at the field day too, because last year um, my peanuts were were up here in Portageville at our farm 
here in town and so our field day is is out uh east of town and so no one was able to see the peanuts the first ever peanuts that the that the university had grown um so we've got peanuts out at uh out at the leaf farm uh they're east of portageville yeah right around hayward um and i've got some peanuts in Zenith. And I have some peanuts over at the Clarkton Farm, which is on the Sand Ridge. Um, yields, uh, they're still pretty good here at Portageville. We actually have one peanut grower here uh, right on the same type of soil that I'm on. Some of this uh, sandier, uh, sandier loam soil uh, up here that, uh, that does really well. Um, they may not be as good as some of those uh, pure sand peanuts that are over around Clarkton, Kenneth, Zenith. Uh, but they still do well. So our yields uh, for the state, I actually love to, to share this about my growers uh, when we talk about yields. And I was at a peanut meeting last week, and a lot of people were curious because they didn't know we grew peanuts in, in Missouri. And so they were asking me, you know, what, what are y'all's yields like up there that far north? Because we're on the farther reaches of peanut production. And, uh, you know, I love to share. I have a, a grower that told me last year that his goal is to um, – to average on his farm what the high yield in Georgia was. And, uh, you know, you, you stop to think about that with Georgia being the number one peanut producing state, and it kind of sets you back a little bit. Like, yeah, right, I don't know if you can do that or not, but they can. Uh, our growers are uh, very high-input growers. They're used to growing uh, high cotton yields. Uh, you know, we're talking about four-bale cotton guys. And so when it comes to peanut production, they don't mind uh, putting some inputs into it. So, you know, I don't know what we're averaging as a state, but – Three-ton peanuts, 6,000-pound peanuts is pretty good peanuts, and I've got a lot of guys that can that can grow that and better. Um, so, you know, three-and-a-half tons isn't unheard of, and to be honest, uh, if I had someone tell me they grew, one of my really good growers, if they grew four-ton peanuts, I wouldn't be shocked. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, I'm, it is. I'm, I'm still just learning about peanuts myself. We haven't, we haven't jumped into that yet. Um, now, just out of curiosity, you know, we've also seen uh, – some potatoes here in, in the boot heel in the last, I guess, 10 or 12 years, uh, you know, another crop that we didn't used to see uh, traditionally here. Is, is there any talk about uh, looking at potatoes or looking at any other, any, any of the new other new, I hate to call them experimental. It's not that it's that experimental, but yeah. at least new to this area crops. Yeah, we've had some conversations with some guys about, um, a, a different cropping systems you know peanuts was was the one for sure that everybody wanted to jump on because it of, of the emerging crops it's it's probably the, the most acres that we have um you're right barry we do have some potatoes some melons uh things like that 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 are grown here in the boot hill uh that really diversify our cropping systems um i have have had conversations uh with different people um associated with you know melons and potatoes and and they are interested in in pursuing um some research and so we're hoping here in the next couple of years as we kind of begin to develop this program the the other research professors that are here with me at the delta center kind of get their feet underneath them uh and, and me as well we i get my feet underneath me and we'll really start to, to dive off into some of these other specialty crops that that have low extension representation because ultimately that's what our goal is here is that we can provide you know, immediate relatable information to our growers. Uh, we, we don't want to be someone who is, you know, years out ahead of our growers and, and there's nothing that's immediately applicable to them. And so if they're growing those crops and they're interested in what those crops are going to do on their farm, uh, we want to be able to provide that information. So we, we are definitely looking to, to increase in the number of crops that we do here at the Delta Center. And I, I do have to say, you know, I, I brag on myself a little bit. I like to share it with people. Um, 
here at the Delta Center this year in, in cropping cropping year 2023, uh, my program is working in seven different row crops. So uh, we have a rather high number. Uh, we're covering a lot of different crops, a lot of different research projects. So uh, we're, we're doing well in diversifying ourselves and trying to get out into different cropping systems, but we're always looking for more. Well, I, I know we're I know we're running a little bit tight on time. Can can you can you recap um, just real quick the the dates and times of field day? And, and this is open to the sure. public, correct? Yes, that is right. Yeah. So uh, real quick too, I want to I want to drop another field day on you. August the seventeenth, um, the Missouri Rice Field Day. It is at the Missouri Rice Farm. Uh, Justin Klopechka, uh, myself, and Dr. Chase Floyd will be there, as well as some others giving some talks. So if you're a rice producer that's hearing this uh, and you want to just spend a day hearing about rice, uh, there's an opportunity there for you August the 17th. And then um, August the 30th and August the 31st uh, here in Portageville at the Delta Center. It'll be at our leaf farm, uh, which is if you're leaving uh, Portageville and you're going through Hayward, go all the way down. Uh, that highway until it dead ends out there. If, if you're familiar with where the Rhone Hall is, that's where we'll have kind of our center of operations out of. Uh, the the Wednesday event that is the more uh, personal grower-focused day starts at 7.30. We'll go to lunch, and there'll be a, a sack lunch available for you as you're, as you're leaving out the door to go get on the, uh, the combine and then breakfast the next morning uh, in our, our uh, more official field tour on the 31st. Great. And, and now how can, how can people get hold of you or get hold of the Delta Center if they have some more specific questions? Yeah, sure. So, uh, great question. Uh, if you have any uh, specific questions either about crops or, or what kind of research we're doing or, or the field day or anything like that, feel free to, to reach out to me with an email. Uh, my email is jscgvf at missouri.edu. Uh, you can also call uh, our our front office here. I, I don't ever remember the number off the top of my head, but you can Google us at the Fisher Delta Research Center, and we're here in Portageville. That'll pull up our our main office number and, and talk to Miss Tina Clark there at the front desk. And and she, if she can't answer your question, she can get you in touch with somebody that can. Super, super. Thank you. Also. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I just want to mention, too, each research program here, the cotton agronomy program, the rice agronomy program, uh, soil and cropping systems, mine, crop protection, we're all very active on social media. So you can find uh, any of us, look up those names or uh, any of our, our names on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we we all, always try to disseminate information there on our social media platforms. Justin Calhoun with the Fisher Delta Research Center, uh, going to have a field day. Hey, uh, thanks so much for being with us here today. Appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. All right. We, yeah, and uh, Barry, thank you for being here. Appreciate oh, your time sure. today. Thanks, thanks <laughs> for the big tour of yeah. the studio. Here. <laughs> Absolutely. We are glad to have you here. And, you know, it, it's great because... Um, trying to get a setup where we do more of these sorts of things where we're having a few more people in and it's kind of like uh it's interesting because there are just so many people that you don't uh talk to in person and it's it's, it's those connections that can be made visually uh in the zoom era but not necessarily in person and so we are uh, we're glad to have everybody in studio and thank you thanks again barry appreciate your time and uh, and uh and thoughts today and uh, and uh, for for helping to facilitate this conversation with justin yeah sure and to our audience as well thank you all for tuning in um here on the kfes digital channel hey stay tuned we are going to have more uh 
probably, well, depending on how things go, we may be having more weather break-ins later today. Uh, stick around with Local News Live. Our sister stations around the country are going to be bringing you some of our latest headlines, and uh, we will be bringing you any important uh, pressing updates coming up um, on the weather that we've been having. So anyway, we shall uh, be back right around the corner.